What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 10 of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jaden Prince. All right, let's start it off with what everybody's talking about, man. Let's do right into this NBA drama with KD and Kyrie. What's going on? Uh, Kyrie re-signed his contract. Uh, well, opted in into his contract with the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to return with the team for now. Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. So, and that bombshell was dropped by ESPN's um, senior inside NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, so, my my only takeaway is I'm surprised that he actually did it because Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, are such are are good friends. They're close with one another. I'm not surprised that this finally escalated and boiled over. Because I'm a big believer, yes, you can be friends, but like sooner or later, you're gonna have to consider business and take care of your money, exactly. But that's just, but that's just me. But with Kevin Durant, he asked for the trade, like he's requested a trade. Trade hasn't been announced yet, not to mention when a player requests a trade, especially a player of that magnitude, there's really no timetable when like moves are going to be in. But right now, the uh, the team, the two teams that's already on Katie's list is Miami and Phoenix. Miami, it would cost Miami an arm and a leg to be able to get this done. I get it, it's KD, but like you gotta you gotta consider those options. Um, then you gotta think about with Phoenix, it would work, but it would work. Could they, do they have the space? I'm not really sure because they just signed Devin Booker to the Supermax, so that's something else that you have to consider as well. Not to mention, I do believe that they're gonna let DeAndre Ayton go, who was their first, who was their first overall pick about three, four years ago. And the Luca Trey Young draft. Um, the other option with like the sun, the other option that could possibly be in, be in this conversation is I don't believe he's going to the Lakers because the no. Lakers are not able to afford him. Um, this is all no, especially now, especially, as, far yeah. as, as far as Kyrie going to the Lakers, I think that's a more possibility than Kevin Durant because I'm a big believer if Kevin Durant goes play with LeBron. Kevin Durant would never, ever, ever be in the top 10 all-time discussion. But that's a different story for another day. Uh, the other teams that I've heard that are going to try to take a shot, Minnesota's going to be one, and they just had a trade with uh, Rudy Gobert. We, we'll get into more of that later. And the uh, and the last team that I believe is reportedly going after them is the Toronto Raptors, which is not too bad, but who actually wants to go to Toronto willingly? Besides Drake. And besides Kyle Lowry. <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan. Well, I did find something wild. I'm with you though. I don't think Aiton goes back uh, at all. Aiton does oh, I not think he's done. I think I think he's done. I think the Lakers need to move some serious players and or just one because Russell Westbrook did not do them any favors by picking up his 47 million dollar player option. That takes a huge chunk out of the cap space. I saw something on Twitter today which was uh, really interesting. Somebody did a five team trade to break down what would work to get everybody out of the places they want to be at or they don't want to be at. So this involves the Nets, the Suns, the Jazz, the Pacers, and the Lakers. Now, I can't remember where I found this, but shout out to you. Basically, it would say the Nets get Donovan Mitchell, 2029 first-round pick, 2026 uh, first-round pick from the Suns, and the 2024 first-round pick from the Suns. The 2029 first-round pick comes from the Lakers. They do not re-sign DeAndre Ayton, which clears up a bunch of cap space. Sorry, it's a sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton. The Suns get Kevin Durant. That's it. Um, the Jazz get Miles Bridges, Taylor Horton Tucker, 
2025, 2027, 2029, and 2023 first-round pick from Phoenix. The Pacers get Russell Westbrook, Thomas, uh, out of, I think, Brooklyn. I don't remember his first name. Uh, 2023 first-round pick, a 2027 first-round pick from L.A., and then the Lakers get Kyrie and Buddy Heald. Now, I don't hate any of that. It's just so crazy that it just might work, but I, it, th- that's way too many moving pieces. I just thought it was a fun scenario that kind of just really threw the whole thing for a loop because right now with all these moves that are happening, it just it, – what, what else wouldn't make sense? We're already seeing two big men uh, up in Minnesota, so it would make uh, – why not? Let's get weird with them, man. Let's get crazy. <laughs> Let's have a wild free agency. There's not much more we can say on Kevin Durant except like um... – Realistically, where do you see him being traded? Do you see him in do you see him in Phoenix? Do you see him in Miami? I only see him in Phoenix if he gets to play with Chris Paul or Devin Booker. He didn't get to play with those three. He's not going to Phoenix. He'll only go to Miami if he gets to play with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy. I don't see it beyond that. Yeah, if that trade was going to go down between uh, Brooklyn and Phoenix, Devin Booker would have to be included in that trade. They're not going to trade for no. They're not going to trade for Chris Paul. They will yeah, trade so for I, Devin yeah. Booker. That's why I don't um, think it's going to be the I think it's going to be Miami. Not to mention when you take account how how much um, it would take for Kevin Durant to how much like Brooklyn's going to be looking because Brooklyn is about to turn into the Sacramento Kings is making it look is giving vibes that they don't know what they're doing and they haven't been making a lot of right decisions. You think about Brooklyn had a squad where they had a lot of young talent and a lot of potential, especially with the D'Angelo and D'Angelo Russell team. Then they gave then I do believe they gave that up for Kyrie. Yep. Why would you? And when they got Kyrie, then you got KD. So much potential, but haven't done anything. No, and I mean, that team is like the all-injury reserve team, too, especially now that they have the injury god himself, Ben Simmons. Different story for another day. <laughs> we're, we're not going to. We, we could go we're, all day on Ben Simmons. But we're not. We're not. We got we got more important stuff to do. I'll take all the Ben Simmons smoke, but we'll do but that. Like the other, but you got to take account, like, if you're Phoenix, you're not want to give up Devin Booker. You drafted him, you molded him, and like he helped you, he helped contribute getting you to the finals. Did he play good in the playoffs? No, he did not. No, he did not. Especially after that whole Phoenix Sun squad was talking on uh, talking way too much um, against the Dallas Mavericks, and Luca made him pay. Yeah, uh, did not have a good series in that, and you can't have and you can't have that. But the thing is, you don't want to trade him. For Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant still thirty three years old, going on going on thirty four. Yeah, I mean he's, he he has not younger. shown any uh, like he hasn't shown any signs that he is like you know declining. We right. understand that his game is versatile and will last, and can last a long period of time. But at the same time, you got to think business wise. Would it help you win a finals as loaded as the Westwood? It would not. It'll no. help. It'll help you compete. But you will not. You won't beat Golden State. You won't even beat that. You won't beat Dallas again, and you won't beat Memphis. Heck, you won't even beat the Lakers. No. They rarely got anybody. But that's just me. So that's that. I want to go. Let Let's talk about that Rudy Gobert trade. Go ahead. <laughs> go 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 ahead and talk about like the, just that whole trade in general. What at all did they give up? As of July first, uh, Timberwolves get Rudy Gobert. Utah Jazz get Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leonardo Balmaro, 
and then four first round picks. So the Jazz have basically said, all right, time to rebuild. Let's dump some salary. And Minnesota said, all right, let's do it. Let's get rid of Pat Bev and a bunch of other players that we don't really need. And then let's bring in a guy who's usually a defensive anchor who thinks that he can body Shaq. Cause I, I know you saw that, which is never going to happen. Rudy, I'm sorry. Shaq is Shaq. You, no, you can't, <laughs> you can't, but that's a story for another time. Um, I think you have cat at the four and then you have Rudy at the, or at uh, the five, but even then like it, it no, it, I don't see this working at all. I think this is going to be a, this is the, do you remember the Dwight Howard, Steve Nash uh, Lakers? Yep. Where they brought I remember it, that. I remember that. They didn't have a big three. They had a so big five. That actually can help me lead, in my, uh, lead into the question I'm about to ask you. With the Rudy Gobert being with the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, you have that starting lineup that you just mentioned. Right. What's the ceiling of that team? I think they're going to compete for a plan. Okay. So we basically already know what the fo- we already know what the floor is. The floor is a lotto pick, and then the ceiling is complete or compete for a player. So here, here's my whole thing. I'm not a big Rudy Gobert fan. I don't no. hate. I'm not a hater of him. I'm just gonna call him what he is. He's a very tall dude, very long, and and a really, 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 really great rim protector. I respect but this his new game. age. And but his but in this new age of basketball, where spacing matters, the dude can't shoot. He can't score. He's not a post player. He's a he's a lob catching guy. But the thing about it, he's not that athletic where he can guard the where he can like stay in front of a bunch of guys in the perimeter. And guys will try to space you out. You can't stay in the paint all game. You just can't. Not in this NBA. So that's one. My other thing I got with this. With Minnesota, with Minnesota, also I just want to throw this joke out there. Patrick Beverly said about five years ago that the next five years would be his he's been traded five times so that's that uh but that's a little bit of side note with the minnesota timberwolves you think about that the guys you gave away they didn't give up too much that would hurt now they gave up guys that helped contribute but the problem with the t-wolves is one lack of experience even though cats william even though not cat williams even though cat has been <laughs> in the league for a long time i love to he's, see de- play basketball. He, he's deemed as soft yeah, I don't consider him that, but I but what I do get from his game, he can play physical. He doesn't like to. He like he likes to show off guard like skills. But because of what he did against the Memphis series, where he had he really had a lot of mismatches in that game, where Minnesota really could, if Cap wanted to, could have been dominated in that entire series, and possibly could have pulled an upset. I'm not wouldn't pick it. But they, but if you have your guy that's deemed or looked at as an all star, and as a star in the team, I'm not going to deem him superstar. But when you got a guy like that, you got to be able to take it home, especially the way that and like Anthony Edwards was balling and showed some and showed some signs that he could be he could be a, a a contributor going forward in the future. He showed some potential. Oh, Edwards you is take, be a star but, the pro, but like when you take all that and the inconsistency. And the lack of experience showing uh, showing to be very dumb basketball through that Memphis series tied that up to they have experience now. Can they be better? Yes, but like you said, their ceiling is no, nothing higher than a play, than a playing spot. I think they just squeak by. Like I I don't see them. Because la- last night I was in the Twitter space with Sports After Dark. Somebody said it doesn't move the needle, and I totally agree. At one hundred percent. My my last point goes towards Utah. 
ESPN's Brian on uh, Brian Windhorse, he, he was on first take. He even talked about he even talked about this. He he mentioned that there's something there's something really going on with the Utah franchise. You think about Quinn Snyder, he he walked away from the job. He's gone. You oh, trade Rudy something. Gobert. There's yeah. something wrong in Utah. 100 percent I think it's ownership. It's ownership because, of front office. And this is a quote from Windhorse on first take. You're going, you're going. Why do you care about Royce O'Neal? They traded for Royce O'Neal to the Brooklyn Nets for a first round pick. Now, albeit like you would judge Brooklyn, why would you give a first round pick for Royce O'Neal? We are no Brooklyn's a mess. We we already established that. But with Utah, it's like, why do you care about Royce O'Neal? Why does that matter? One horse asked, Well, why would the Jazz do that? Why would the Jazz, who have two stars on their roster, Take a player who's one of their star starters and best defensive players and trade him in a salary dump. Why would you do that? And, I mean, then, I and then later oh, on, sorry. he talks about like on um, like Quinn Snyder um, leaving the job. They're going and like later on, you, you think about guys. Let me ask you this: Who's the um who's the GM of the Utah Jazz right now? The associate GM, at least for the Jazz, is David Fisdale. The Actual GM, so the the uh, I, I don't want to say real GM, but the top GM is Justin Zanuck. I know nothing about him. I know about Fisdale, but I don't know a whole lot about Zanuck. Bottom line is there's something wrong with Utah. We already know Brooklyn is a mess. Um, we're not going to get into too many details about the Brooklyn Nets because we already no. know their whole situation. Well, did you hear what one of the? Books. Did you hear what one of the front office? It was either Nash or one of the front office people said, "I'd rather not have KD and Kyrie if I have to go through this again next season." We already know that was a mess. The whole oh, thing yeah, was no. a mess. The whole thing was a mess and from the jump. And then you talk- and we don't even have enough time to be talk- uh, like talk about Kyrie, uh, like Kyrie Irving right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, we no, no, do no. not have enough time. No, I, I loved how um, he called out Barstool, and Barstool just laid right back into him. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you pick a fight with Barstool? <laughs> like, what are you, you doing? Just, you just don't go after like guys that make trolling at four eleven. That, that yeah. Why would you do that? The, no, don't don't take pot shots at Barstool. Yeah. That, that was just dumb. So but no, I'm with you. So what's next we got? All right, so I, I'll jump into this real quick, too, before we get into that. Um, I agree 100%. I think that Brooklyn is Brooklyn is the very open, obvious mess. Utah's about to go into a rebuild year. I think they're shopping uh, Donovan Mitchell, and then they're just going to focus on rebuilding next year, which I think is a huge mistake to scrap this team already. But then again, I don't man. because like their floor, their ceiling is not high. They they never had, they never looked like they were going to be a championship team. Every time they got to the playoffs, they always they always fell short, and they always felt like that team that got in the way, the real team that was about to do something in the playoffs. Well, they're scrapping outside, the players outside outside of that one year where they beat OKC when OKC had Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and like um, and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Outside of that one year, they really haven't do, they have really haven't done much. Because no, they had a three-one lead against the Denver Nuggets in the pl- in, in, um, in in the bubble. Yeah, both Jamal Murray and, De- and like uh, Donovan Mitchell were insane in the bubble in that series. But like Utah had a three-one lead and they lost it. Yeah, I mean it's here's my thing: the Jazz were building around the wrong pieces. Donovan Mitchell is the only piece of that franchise you can build around. Yeah, Mike well. Conley's old. We just talked about how Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert is mid. Like he's just he's very he, we do okay. give respect we do give respect for his accolades on getting defensive play of the year we completely understand that but like he's a great defender but he doesn't really contribute that much offensively that's the thing it's you it, it, again I'm with you I respect his game but there are so many better centers in the league right now 
so like you're you're choosing to build around like that defensive rim protector in the middle, which is great. But you're in the West, and you have some of the best three point shooters in the league in the West that you have to defend night in and night out. And yeah, great, I've got a rim protector, but you know I've still got to face Clay and Steph all the time, and they're just going to rain threes on me all day. Like I just no, I I don't know. Again, I respect Rudy Gobert's game, but I just they were building around the wrong pieces. Also. Uh, this just ran across my screen. Uh, Bleacher Report just said that the Lakers are eyeing a Kyrie and Russ deal. <laughs> oh, man. The Nets just get messier and messier. That's fun. All right. Well, let's get into the – what do you think on that real quick before we get into the next thing? Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Got you, man. All right. So let's step away from basketball. Let's get right into uh, – College football, which has been uh, really heating up over the last few days. Uh, before we get into anything, I really want to start with NIL deals. So NIL deals, I know there's some people who are upset about it, some people who weren't upset about it. It just came into the news recently, uh, weeks ago, with the whole A&M, Alabama thing, which Jimbo has a uh, – Jimbo's got some explaining to do, if you want to get into that real quick. Look, I got nothing to say. Uh, goat saving, unlike goat saving, he's already said his piece. We we moved on to the situation. We just ready to kick their butts on October eighth. Let's see what happens. But yeah, for those who don't know, basically there was a video that came out of one of the A and M coaches uh, pointing at all the uh, the club seats and saying, "Those are the people who are going to give you a lot of money while you're here." So for somebody who's so adamantly denied paying players to come to the school. I don't know. It just looks interesting. Personally, I have no issue paying or with players being paid, especially for the image and likeness. Um, there are some smear campaigns that have come out recently. You can talk about Jackson State. You can talk about what has happened with Jalen Rashada down in Miami. They claim that somebody gave him a multi-million dollar deal. He had to respond and say, yeah, nobody paid me millions of dollars. I just liked the school better. So that's where I went. So it does get a little messy. However, I mean, NIL deals are not going to ruin this game. Anybody who thinks that no, and anybody who thinks that players weren't getting paid for the last 20, 30, 40 years is just ignorant. I mean, players have been getting paid by boosters for decades. Now it's just all out in the light and nobody's happy about it. So I just I don't understand that. I, I don't think NIL is gonna ruin the sanctity of the league at all. That was an article that was posted out by Jay Billis, uh college on uh, ESPN's college basketball analyst, where he talks about how the he talked about the positives of NIL deals in, in the NCAA. First, first part was it's a wide sw- talked about a wide swath of athletes are making money and not just in high revenue sports. You think about you think about like say for uh, like for uh, for example, us as Alabama, softball has to be the second most popular sport in the state and like in in campus in the city. And one of the um, one of the highest revenue and one of the highest revenue persons, one of the highest revenue players, is a starting pitcher, Montana Fouts. She has she has lucrative nil deals. I forgot which one, but like she has them. And so like that, like it's it, like the money's out there. We already understand, and it's not just yeah. that singular sport. You're just not gonna see a lot of it because a lot of it's not gonna be publicized about it. So that's one. The other thing he mentioned was like women's college athletes. Are benefiting not being left behind. Exactly. You think about uh, let's see. He quote like he wrote down early returns indicated such concerns were without merit. Paige um Paige Buchers, uh, I hope I got a name right. Uh Paige Buchers of Beckers, Paige Beckers, 
the UConn star basketball player has NIL deals with companies buried as Gatorade and StockX. Olivia Dunn, an LSU, gym, uh, LSU gymnast with over 6 million social media followers, was reported to have, uh, have earned over 1 million representing a clothing company. Women have thrived in the NIL space, not only earning money, but gaining a platform to advance gender equ equity in college sports and beyond. The other thing he and the other thing he mentioned that was a positive questions about sources of money to athletes have mostly ended, thankfully, because like as much as Nick Saban mentioned the whole comment um, about like, oh, uh, so uh, oh, Florida State was put on not Florida State, sorry, uh, Jackson State, not Jackson, uh, like Jackson State or Texas A&M playing their, paying their players. Nobody really questions the money anymore. I mean, the only people that's going to be questioning the money is a lot of a lot of people that are sticklers and old heads that didn't want uh, like that don't want college athletes to be able to receive money. That's the only and people. The, and outside it's of also that, the people nobody who, really cares. No, it's the people who didn't get the player on their team too. That it's too, the same. like they really gonna question it because this uh, this all goes back to. How when something doesn't go your way or you're deemed as wrong, you're going to use every bit of excuse or find uh, another reasons outside of how you lost or how you didn't get that person. You will use any type of conspiracy to hide the fact that, dude, you just lost. Yeah. It's Hold your L like yes. an adult and go home. But not everybody want to take that. They want to use every bit of excuse to like but that's a different story for another day. Yeah, no, no, we, we can get the way, other, way The on. last positive that he talked about, more athletes seem to be opting in to stay in school. Yes. And when that is that too. a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing at all because here, here's my biggest thing with this. So you have all the, the biggest argument, uh, and I'll even take a – I'll take a shot at Tebow, uh, who – yeah, no, it's it Gator royalty right there. But the arguments he was making about why athletes should not be paid because they're, quote, getting a free education, like, no, okay, there's so much more than that. Like, you have so many of these players who leave early, not just in football, but in every other sport who leave early because they have people they got to take care of. This allows them to better their education, better themselves while getting money on the side, not having to work a job while going to play football, while doing two-a-days, while, you know, studying film, working out, and basically getting three hours to four hours of sleep a night just so they can chase a dream. This allows them to profit off of themselves and something that they're going to be doing later across the board, across you know all sports at the college, all sports throughout everything. It's the people who are arguing that this ruins sports are just wrong, and I don't care if you disagree with me. It's uh, Jalen, I know you don't disagree with me, but anybody else who disagrees with me, I don't care. You're wrong. This but only helps the game. My thing, my uh, my issue, not even much issue. Well, and let me talk about something too. So, okay. like a play. All right, go ahead. Sorry. You, you take it. You take account. Let's get out the money issue on this one. You're not. Wanna... You're you're, oh. you're, a, you're a college athlete. You've got a lucrative deal on like that makes money for your likeness, and on like um, and you get to stay in college. Yes, you're gonna take classes, but you still get to stay on like you get still get to stay around with your friends, enjoy the experience. And some might say, and like some, some former athletes, I do believe there's some former athletes that are in the pros right now, wish they stayed in college a little while longer because they were better in college than they were in the pros. Yeah. Now that might be sure the pros, but in college they were them dudes, or they yeah. were the, like, or they were you know the man, they were the bosses. They, they were, were king of the dogs. campus. So having this, having this stay a little while longer, 
the negative of it it could affect recruiting now that like you're going out and getting like other people just about anybody it could cut that down which is both a good thing and a bad thing because nil does have a negative effect one of it has to do with small schools that's uh, true like smaller or lower like uh lower um trying to think like lower smaller city smaller towns low revenue type of towns be able to get some attention with the talent that they might have over there it's going to be a struggle for them it's going to be a struggle for them to be able to get seen that way because now you tie in the nil deals with the transfer portal it makes it kind of hard for a lot of like a lot of a lot of guys that are talented that can play college foot uh, college athletics to be able to get seen but that's well, one the other thing you have to take account the only negative that like jay billis like the one negative that jay billis mentioned that like really caught my attention he talked about how the NCAA has been diminished in the NIL saga, creating instability. Yes, this is the wild, wild west. And as a fan, I actually enjoy it. Look at chaos. They're gonna like we already know there's gonna be a way that you're gonna like there's gonna be a way, there's gonna be some type of order that's gonna establish to be able to like get everything organized where it can be deemed as quote unquote fair. I don't believe in the fair. Uh, the only fair I believe is when you ride rising, you get a bunch of snacks. But like that's about it. I don't believe in the word fair. I don't believe in fair. Equal to a certain degree, but fair, not nah, nah. uh, nah. The last one, the last one that really touched nil help athletes with um, with literacy. I'm gonna read this quote. One of the one of the clear positives of nil is the financial literacy for athletes that comes with the business of college sports. Now athletes can engage in commercial activity, sign contracts, pay taxes make financial decisions whether to save or invest and learn important lessons about how the business world really works it is a great opportunity for athletes to learn and for schools to educate because the ultimate goal when you go to school is educate is to educate yes and when you're and when you're going out in life especially and when you when you're a coach at a like at, at an institution your ultimate goal is to get your players ready for life yes and with the nil deal with the transfer portal all of that can prepare them for life i agree and i mean i, I think this nil thing like it the only thing you mentioned uh is that it may take away from some smaller schools however a lot of these big name you know four star five star players up until recently weren't even going to these smaller schools you didn't have you didn't have any travis hunters going to HBCUs while being the number one player in the nation too often. But when you have a coach like Prime, we've said it forever, yep. you have a coach like Prime and a guy who's one of the best to ever do it, coaching this school, trying to bring it into the spotlight and say, hey, we can compete with these, you know, power five schools. And this could possibly get off topic, but when you take it, when you think about a guy like um, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, who is the greatest corner, who's the greatest defensive back of all time. You got a guy like that that's coming to an HBCU, helping out the, um, not only Jackson State, but the HBCUs. You see, he's coming to the HBCU rank. Yeah. You got, George, you got uh, uh, Eddie George that's at Tennessee State. You got uh, Hugh Jackson who's at Grambling State. You look at all of form, or you look at all former NFL players that are coming on there. And when you got those type of guys that are African-American and they got NFL experience, and they got oh Mo Williams, he's going to Jackson State for basketball. When you got guys like that that have been at the pinnacle, that have been there, where where like a lot of young kids want to get there, 
they can help them and they ain't got to go too far to get to go somewhere where other people look like them oh that's gonna help out the money will follow Sanisot once says if you're that dude or that woman the money and the people will find you if exactly. you are that if you are meant to make it to the next level and succeed to the next level they will find you this is literally all they do year round is look for people to continue to better the franchise at the next level they comb through everybody so they will find you if you are that dude or that woman they will find you and they will approach you they'll follow you and they'll make sure that if hey you're who we want for our franchise they'll get you it doesn't matter where you are anymore that's the world we live in and i'm we're i'm trying not to go on a tangent right now but that's where we live in right now so i don't think nil hurts anything i do we talked about this before the call you wanted to get into a question about players who could have profited off the nil now yeah like, versus we're gonna, then yeah we're gonna do this so since we're in the conversation of the nil deal let's talk about this mm -hmm. if you had to think back if the nil if the nils were established way back in the day like or like 20 on uh, like 20th century 19th century way back in the day if that yeah. was established in the ncaa uh, for like a long time who do you like who would you pick that would have made but would that that would have made bank loads of money in, as a college athlete in any sport? Hop on my bandwagon again, prime without a doubt. But you've also got a bunch of other guys who would have really done it. Uh, you could look at Cam Newton. You can look at Ladanian Tomlinson. You can look at a bunch of these other guys. Steve McNair would have been great. He would have made so much money. That man was king. But I and I, but just to stick with one though. It's Prime. I mean, Prime would have made it so much money. He's a charismatic guy. He had the swagger and the talent to back it up. And like you said, he's one of the best corners to ever do it. I'm so I think he would have made so much money. I'm gonna go with my five. I got two women. I got two women here, but here's my five. I got Todd Gurley. First off, he would have got. He wouldn't have got suspended for that whole um for that right. whole uh situation with him which signing autographs, so which was so dumb. And I'm a Bama fan, but like I, I call wrong, I call wrong is wrong and right is right. And that no, was let's wrong. call a spade a spade. So I, I mean, got Todd, I got Todd Gurley. <laughs> I got Brianna Stewart when she was at UConn. Okay, she was like she was a top personality. She was top um, female baller in that game. I got her be, I got her being one. The second part and the third person on my list, I got Maya Moore. If you know about basketball in general, whether it's Men or women, you knew Maya Moore was that dog. She would have made bank in a heartbeat. But then again, a lot of girls in the Yukon, like in the Yukon Husky world, would have. But those are my main two. Uh, the second one on my list, um, since you took Prime, I'm gonna take him out. I'm gonna I'm go. I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. Uh, you think about? Basically, I'm not gonna go Joe Burrow. I'm not gonna go Joe Burrow. I'm gonna go Johnny I'll take Burrow. I'm 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 gonna go, go Johnny Manziel. Johnny football could have done it. I mean, he was on, I'm sure he was making bank. They called the A and M the house that Johnny built. You think about that. He was in Texas. He's he was box office. He was a live attraction. He was a he, he, the dude was a celebrity left and right. Now, if NIL was back then, oh, you thought about he was in trouble back on uh, like now. If that if NILs was around, oh my. God, I do not want to find out. But, oh, God, but, no. but like NIL deals and the money and the revenue that he was bringing in and the amount of attention. Oh, 
Johnny Manziel would have had that off the rip. Baker too. I think Manziel more so more so Baker. Oh, Manziel more than Baker for sure, but Baker would have had it too. That's, that's why I got Manziel. I got Manziel on top of my list. Number one, Bo Jackson. And I'm again, I'm a Bama fan, but Bo Jackson. Now I'm a Gator fan too. We both hate Auburn, but yeah, Bo Jackson. But yeah, that's um yeah. But overall, you think about like I, I'm glad what NIL is now and what it's going to be for the future. Now they're going to find ways to try to balance things out, and they don't want it to get too wild, but. You know, let it play out. Just see how see how it rolls for. But I, to me, I say so far so good. You're starting to see yeah. a lot of um, like a lot of even smaller schools get help. I mean, out well outside of Oklahoma and Pitt, and Pittsburgh, but that's a different story for another day. That's a transfer. <laughs> and well, and I, do. I do. But like oh, we'll talk about you know, but we'll discuss that later. So I wanted to keep it on college football. Um, Arch Manning going to Texas has somewhat turned this recruiting season on its head and a lot of five stars are now committing to Texas. And that's not saying they haven't in the past, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Texas hasn't been it these last few years. All right. Let me ask you this. So is Texas back again? Are you, do you mean sarcastically? You mean actually? Yes. <laughs> well, let me ask you this thing. Cause you had him as your uh, OC. How confident are you in Sarkeesian? Uh, I'm confident in Sarkeesian and what he could do, especially if he gets a bunch of talent. I think he could do some good things. Is he going to be Bama? Oh, God, no. We're going to handle our business. No. Texas no. has always been a backseat to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma didn't got Lincoln Riley no more. And we'll talk more about him and UCLA uh, at another at another place in time. Well, at another time, but um, since Oklahoma's taking a backseat, not to mention they ain't got that no more, and they're coming to the SEC, Texas is coming to the SEC, so – they already know you gotta stack up on talent and get ready when you come to the SEC, or else you're gonna be left behind. And you know, you're oh, it's gonna be interesting. That is something I want to get into a little bit. So I mean, I but I don't the Arch Man, the, but the Arch Manning thing. Um, you know, credit out to him. There's been a lot yeah. of talk. Um, yes, I know you're the nephew. You're the nephew of Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Yeah, we know that you're Manning. We understand that. So you're gonna have a lot of eyes and expectations on you for that. But at the same time, we still got to go see. We we got to go see you play at that level. And exactly, I, th- I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to do a good job. I think Texas got a lot of talent that they can make some noise. Will they take over? Oh God, no. No. Will they compete? Yeah, they will. They'll compete, and but that's the thing too with Texas. So they have Bijan Robinson at running back, so they can take a lot of pressure off of Arch uh, when he starts. I don't know if he's going to start day one, but when he eventually does start, Bijan gone after this year. If Arch doesn't start this year, oh no, I I agree. You do realize Arch ain't gonna play until next year, right? Well, he might be in trouble then. (laughs) No, no, Arch got recruited in like like this year, which means twenty twenty three. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you thinking way too far ahead. Yeah, I'm thinking way too far. Bijan is gone. Bijan's gone. Bijan's right now the best, one of the best running backs in college. He's projected like right now. He's in Mel Kiper's number five on like top prospect. Oh, I, we, as a running back, no argument for me. No argument for me at all. But um, like, but do do I think all these five stars are going to mean anything and help Texas? Not really. Possibly um, depends on depends on how you use them and how you train them and how and like can you get and can you get them right? That's still exactly. Like, that's still like you know to be determined. Exactly. But now I do want to I want to touch briefly back on NILs because this does kind of bleed into a little bit. We mentioned players who could have benefited from it as well. People who were doing their own name and likeness before. We would be remiss not to mention Mr. Donald De La Haye. Jalen, how familiar are you with him? Not that much. 
you know, destroying on YouTube? No. So he was a UCF kicker who had a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, you, you might remember this now. Years ago, UCF basically told him either remove the YouTube channel or leave the team. Well, he was making bank on the YouTube channel. He left the team. So this is something that really could have changed the game if this is, you know, and I'm, I'm summarizing the story very much so. There's a whole lot more that went into it. But the gist of it was you have a guy who was making bank doing his own thing on YouTube and left college football to continue to do his thing on YouTube because he was making more money there. And I can't fault the guy for it. So I think having these NIL deals does help uh, situations like this. So but let's get away from that. Um, let's talk about other teams. UCLA and USC have officially announced that they are joining the Big Ten by 2024 is the goal. Now, this, like you said, Texas and Oklahoma are supposed to be joining the SEC, but that's not until 2025, but they're trying to do it earlier. So this would mean that uh, we would soon have two uh, super conferences in the NCAA and Pac-12 is scrambling for some uh, for some teams. But, yeah, what do you think about this, man? What do you think of the move? Get ready to go to Minnesota in December. Get ready to hear Lincoln Riley complain about six-hour plane rides. You got, you got <laughs> two California schools going to Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Illinois. You got those jokers. California schools going to the Big Ten, where it's cold and, on original. Yeah. Have fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. There's going to be some growing pains this first couple of years, especially because USC isn't at the point that they used to be at. Neither is UCLA. So this is going to be fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a rude awakening. Now, what does this mean for the Pac-12? Uh, as of yesterday, uh, the Pac-12 – go ahead. I think it's going to be the end. I don't think it's the end for the Pac-12. So I think the Pac-12 is actually – so, all right. There's an ESPN article uh, that came out um, saying that the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors on Friday morning authorized the conference to, quote, explore all expansion options following the decision of USC and UCLA to join the Big Ten in 2024. Quote, the 10 university presidents and chancellors remain committed to a shared mission of academic and athletic excellence on behalf of our student-athletes. Literally means nothing. One source confirmed or, uh, conference told ESPN on Friday. It's wide open. Um, however, they're predominantly looking at the ACC and Big 12. The SEC is also rumored to be looking at a couple ACC schools to pull from them. Now, that makes more sense to me than the Pacific Athletic Conference pulling from the Atlantic Coast Conference. That makes no sense to me. The Big 12, a little bit, because there are some Big 12 schools out there that can also pull from the Mountain West if they wanted to. But I don't – the Pac-12 is going to – it's going to be interesting to see what the Pac-12 does. Um, as for, you know, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, that's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to look at all these Big 12 schools who don't know what SEC football is like get smacked in the mouth. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I think it's going to be going to be a fun next couple of years watching all these conferences kind of realign. So, I mean, what do you think about all this? They're going to find, they're going to find that. They're going to learn uh, as far as, like, what it means for the NCAA. Um, yeah, so, like, what it means for the NCAA, you got to take account that a lot of the way the old school uh, conferences are going to be, you got to look at a lot of mid-major conferences that are on the rise. I think uh, the Power Five is not going to be the same Power Five anymore, and they should really consider moving some conferences out that's in the Power Five that's going to take a decline 
move them out and move some P, uh, move some G5s into the P5s. I think that could be good for the NCAA because you're on the verge of change anyway, and that's what that's what America is about going towards now in the future. So a lot of old people not going to like it, but, you know, who cares? Uh, you know, I'm with you on that. Well, that was all I had I wanted to talk about today, man. Or um, what about you? Got anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, like, did we ever talk about any, any NBA draft stuff? Not really, no. I, I think we touched on it a little bit last week. Um, oh, I do want to address something. So There we go. Leading up to leading up to the, and going into college football season and leading up into the in, in, like NBA draft, it was almost a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Auburn's Jabari Smith or Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren to be the top two for the number one overall pick. Then all of a sudden, news come out from Vegas and Caesar's Palace that the bet shifted over. To Duke's Pablo Bencaro. And then look, and like a couple of hours later, the draft happens, and Adam Silver says, with the first pick in the uh, in the 2022 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Pop um, Paulo Bencaro out of Duke. My thing is, what the heck? Y'all cannot tell me that wasn't coincidence. Nah, we so we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, so for a refresher, anybody who wasn't following the NBA, like Jalen said, Paolo Bencaro was supposed to not be the first overall pick. And almost right before draft night, Vegas comes out and says that the odds are, he is the odds on favor to be the number one overall pick. Vegas is rarely wrong with stuff like this. Um, I kind of saw it coming before then, just because I think Paolo was the more how do I put this? There's no disrespect towards Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith. I, I love those guys. They play a great game. But Paolo was the more well-rounded person for what the Orlando Magic needed. So it doesn't really surprise me. I didn't see them going Chet. But I Jabari would have made sense. But I think Paolo is the best fit overall. And I think that's why they obviously took him number one overall. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't surprise me too much, but whenever Vegas has a line on something like that, they're they're usually right. Although I think the only time they weren't is when they said that Mac Jones was going to go to the 49ers. But going back, but like getting back on the draft, um, I think I forgot who you said won the draft to you, but to me, Detroit, oh, it's Detroit for me, Detroit and Oklahoma City. Yeah, okay, 100%. you said Detroit, then I said Oklahoma City. Then. Oh yeah, no, I remember now. Yeah, so one hundred percent Detroit. Um, for me at least. But I know we talked about some of those trades too. And right now I think that who who do you think is one of the trade game right now? Because I know I, I do want to touch back on this briefly. Your Hawks have been making some moves and so have my Celtics. They've been uh been moving around a little bit. But your Hawks made a major push for DeJounte Murray. How do you feel about that? They're making the push that like it actually happened. So uh we did trade for DeJounte Murray for the on uh, Danilo Gallinari and three first round picks. You know, like when you're at a stage and when you're at a stage at a, as a franchise in an NBA team that can compete in your conference and try to be able to get to the uh, get to an NBA title, especially coming two years off of making the Eastern Conference final, you gotta win now. So when yep. win now is um, there's no there's no NBA prospect coming in right now that like that is the missing link, the missing piece for you to say. All right, we got to keep our draft picks so we can get this guy so we can win the NBA title. No, we're not there yet. 
we're at the point where we say, F them picks. Let's go out and get um, like get a missing link that like a missing um, miss, the missing link out of the agency and off the trade on um, trade block. And DeJounte Murray, not gonna say that moves the needle for us to like win a championship, but does that mean we're gonna compete? Oh god, yes, because we were terrible defensively as a unit for a long time. With DeJounte, that's gonna help out defensively. You got another playmaker along with Trey Young to show uh, like Trey Young can play off ball, but he but 90% of the time. He had to stay in the game and make all the plays for everybody. Yep. You can't do that if you're trying to compete for a championship. You got to have more than one guy. You need depth. You need depth at that. Um, also, we were able to keep John Collins, but I don't think we're going to keep John Collins for a while. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that we don't, but I'm hoping we make another move. There's all reports that that the Hawks are still going to still one of the teams to for the DeAndre eight and sweepstakes. And you know, there's still eyes to be looked at with that with that situation, but we'll see along with that. We did trade Kevin Herter to the Sacramento Kings for um, I think what what Justin Holiday, yeah, Justin Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless. Yep. So we traded him for that. I mean, I will forever love K on uh, like Kayvon, um, Kevin Herter, and never forget what he did to Bo, uh, never forget what he did for the Hawks. And what he did to the Philadelphia 76ers in the game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. We'll always cherish that. We always remember that. But I always saw Kevin Herter as a guy that is too streaky and too inconsistent at times of games where it looked like he's about to knock it down and he don't. Um yeah, he's a role player. I mean, he, he's a dog, but he's a role player. So he, he yeah, think- de- definitely, definitely. But uh what he is gonna be missed, but I think when you get a guy like Justin Holiday, who's very long, lanky, he can defend something, and, and like, and he's a good shooter. Mo Harkless, he's a good, he's a good three and D guy, um, veteran, a veteran like. So we'll see, but I think the the Hawks are not done yet. They're going to continue to make moves. Do you think it's a sign and trade for Aiden? Where they, yes. uh, Phoenix yes. signs Aiden and then they trade Aiden Canella for Aiden. I don't see Aiden playing for Phoenix next season. No, I 100% agree with you. I think, it, and that would make sense too for a sign and trade is Phoenix signs him, trades to uh, Atlanta, Atlanta trades Capella, and then there we go. Yep. Well, that's yeah, all that I makes got. Sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close it out. Thank you guys for joining us again for episode 10. Uh, we really do appreciate it. If you liked that episode, uh, tell your friends, let us know, give us five stars, rate, review, comment, all that fun stuff. We get a Facebook page now. It's Two Dudes of Sports News on Facebook. Go like the page. Uh, you can interact with us there a little bit. And if you have any comments, anything you guys want us to talk about uh, for the next episode, let us know. And we'll we'll try to get to it. But thank you again. If you liked it, tell your friends. If you didn't like it, this never happened. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Peace.